Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross Lacane. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. Uh, my name is Ross Lacane. Again, we're going across to New Zealand and uh, we've actually got the top mortgage broker for 2021 joining us. Uh, welcome, Cameron Markroft. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Ross. Good to be part of it. Yeah, so you've been uh, a franchise owner with Loan Market, you said, for the last five to six years and uh, you know, obviously performing really well there in Auckland. So love to sort of dig into it. You mentioned the last three years you've been in the, the top uh, New Zealand advisors and sort of working your way up the ranks from number 12 three years ago, number uh, four last year. And this year, you said you've just been uh, crowned number one. So amazing. Congratulations on that. A fantastic achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, look, uh, we're really pleased with the results. And it was something that we kind of earmarked a while back that that's what we wanted to achieve. And to tick that off, um, really, really pleased. Love it, love it. Well, we're going to dig into sort of how you got there today and provide a lot of value to the listeners. So tell me about how you got started in your broken career. So I spent a fair bit of time, well, I was in the banks originally and um, went from the banks to joining the aggregation group and worked with mortgage brokers, as you do, in the, that BDM capacity for many years. And at that time, I guess I, I, I didn't know it, but what I was doing is, is honing in on my um, many different skills that I now have in my business because you were, you were naturally uh, looking after mortgage brokers and, and trying to grow their own businesses. Uh, at that stage, I didn't know that I was going to get into mortgage broking. It was always going to be that hard jump. How do you go from that corporate salary to self-employed? And uh, luckily... I, I took the plunge um, five, six years ago and had an opportunity to, to jump into loan market and start my own franchise. And uh, um, it's turned out to be uh, the greatest move I did. Yeah, love it, love it. And uh, we were just sharing before we got on because that was a similar background to you know, myself in terms of I started with, you know, wizard home loans back in the day. And, uh, you know, I was working as what they called a mobile development manager back then. And I would, um, you know, train the, the mobile brokers up for their first sort of six weeks in the program. And then I would, you know, send them out to the offices and um, the amount that you actually pick up by learning from those already doing it. And, you know, you said you were working with the aggregators. What were some of the key things and learnings that you sort of picked up if you think back to those days that really got you sort of hitting the ground running when you started your, your broking business? To me, to me, it was about getting the, the client through the door. Um, and, and so so how do you, how do you get leads and, and build your business up? So working really closely with real estate agents, but not just... Hey, I can help you sell this house and get the get the finance. It's it's also putting it back to the agent of what I can do for them. What what's in it for them, not just me. And and working really closely with real estate agents. Hence the reason I uh, aligned myself with um, a Ray White business. Loan Market and Ray White have um, have great synergies together across New Zealand and Australia. And I was lucky enough to 
to align myself to uh, the, the the largest Ray White business in Australasia for the last seven, eight years in Remuera, Auckland. And from there, one by one, I, I managed just to win those agents over as, as their mortgage broker of choice. And uh, still to this day, have a, have a fantastic relationship with, with about 60 to odd agents in, in that particular office. Yeah, love it. And I love what you said there in terms of, you know, when you got started, it's not focusing on what the agents can you do for you. It's focusing on what their needs are and how you can best provide their, their needs. And, you know, I talk about this in, in my coaching program and with my one-on-one clients that I work with. And, you know, it, it comes down to having that sales process in how do I actually develop a referral partner, right? So how do I actually have that conversation? How do I understand their needs before I go out actually putting my hand out and saying, hey, give me business, right? So it's it's having that customer first mentality. And this point, your customer is the real estate agent, right? So really having, focusing on what you can do for them. And what are some of the, the areas where you really add value to, to the agents that you work with. Yeah, and I found a lot of mortgage brokers were getting that part wrong, Ross, where they were, they were just rocking up to the to the agent and going, this is what we do. And, and the agents were just, cool, great. Well, might refer, might not. So uh, you're not getting that sort of, um, the, the agents are busy people. They weren't giving you time. So you needed to come in and go, cool, what's in it for them? Now, to me, it's around that vendor experience. If they're selling their property through that particular agent, um, we are there to assist that client into working with all banks to make sure that if, if they wanted to go up another level and there was other banks that had a calculator borrowing power that could go up, we were doing uh, not only the helping that purchaser, but the vendor potentially was getting a higher value for their property. And so uh, when we start talking about the vendor experience where the agents want to sell their property for the highest amount and, and you can show ways you can do that, uh, they started to, to, to jump on that and go, yeah, well, that, that makes sense. Um, as far as the, the borrowing calculators, we'd have examples of the differences between the different banks. We'd have marketing material. In my early days, I, I'd go to uh, the open homes, um, which we what we call in, in New Zealand, and uh, just giving that added service to help them sell that property and make sure they get a good result. Yeah, beautiful. And a lot of the brokers that I speak to don't know the way to approach, right? In terms of you've said you obviously work with them and you position yourself as that expert and then you show them ways. For those brokers that don't know how to approach, what's your suggestion in terms of how they would actually educate the real estate agents in what you can do, such as showing them how you can get someone from X level borrowing capacity to, you know, Y or Z. Yeah. So we, we have um, like marketing material that will be given to all the agents as they start and, 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 and catching up with them fairly regular around, um, you know, I'll attend every sales meeting uh, of this particular office on a Tuesday. I'll go to many different auctions on inside that office regularly. So we're seeing them very often and what we're trying to do with those, um, with, with pointing out the differences between the banks, why is it important that your clients are going to a mortgage broker as opposed to rocking up to a bank where 
A, they might not even get a loan. Um, depends on who they see, what kind of services they're going to get. That might really impact a, a campaign for a real estate agent. The other thing that I think is really important is, is real estate agents talk their currencies, listings, appraisals, and we are now in a position where our, my business is matured enough to be able to give listings back to the agents. So how does that happen? Well, when we get a um, some client picks up a, a, a purchaser picks up some marketing material at an open home, they give me a ring. One of the first questions I'm always asking is, how do you find me? And they'll say, I just picked up one of your, your brochures at 10 Smith Street. I, I can then identify who that agent is. And in my phone and in my CRM, uh, that client is tagged with that real estate agent. So in two, three, four years down the track, um, the mortgage broker or advisor is the first person, in my opinion, that finds out whether they're selling a property uh, because it, uh, it's due to their structure, they, how long they're going to fix for, um, what are their borrowing ability is for the next stage. So to be able to say to the client, hey, cool, we can do this. Now you're going to need an appraisal on your property. Um, can I get Joe Bloggs to, to, to go to give you an appraisal to get the ball rolling so we can start working on that. So to be able to give listings appraisals back to the agents, that's powerful. And you'll, you'll get them uh, referring to you if you can, if you can show that. Beautiful. I love that. And there's a couple of things that I love about that. The first is the fact that you take the time to, you know, really put the information in your database, right? And this is a, a step that a lot of brokers and probably newer brokers don't realize the value. But, you know, when you've been around a number of years, and I'm sure from your aggregator background, just talk on the power of having a good database, because I think a lot of brokers uh, miss that point. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, so in the early days, I spent, a, I spent a lot of time just making sure I was capturing as much information. Even though they weren't a client today, they become a client in two to three years' time. Sometimes I haven't even remembered I've had a conversation with them. They've popped up on my, my newsletter or, or in, in my notes around where did I find that client and so forth. Uh, I, I think are very important. We, we, um, we want to thank our referrers, whether they come from our existing client base or, or our agents, and to go back to them and say, hey, look, we're, we're helping John and Mary, and um, thanks for that. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Beautiful. huge. Even, even if it's you know two or three years later down the track, and then once you've done the loan, then you're repaying them the favour. And, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of people sort of ask, well, how can I actually generate referrals for uh, real estate agents? And there's a simple question when you're doing your annual review call. Are you looking at buying or selling in the next 12 months? Right? It's, it's a pretty simple question. Are you looking at buying, selling in the next 12 months? And if the answer is yes, great. You've got a referral for an appraisal uh, to a real estate agent. Yeah, I think that's part of uh, what, what the financial advisors in New Zealand now having to do. We, we need to be looking at not only their next 12 months, but what are their you know, longer term goals with regards to that property? Do they want to get into investment property? So we're capturing that information. We're making sure we're diarising appropriately. So we are being able to, to help them when they're ready to jump on the next move. 
Beautiful, beautiful. And in terms of, so going back to the, the, the sales meeting, so you're, you're active within the referral partners business. So you're, you're constantly within their office, you're going to the, the sales meeting. And, uh, you know, I recommend, you know, to get invited to a sales meeting and, and obviously be, be invited to present. What are some of the topics when you go into the sales meeting that you will actually present on to to give them a better understanding and um, to to help them understand finance a little bit more what are some of the areas that you'll educate them on well firstly we want to be able to, to let them know of changes that are happening in the market with banks and and policies and so that's giving them a bit of an idea of what um what could be challenges out there now that that there's not only to highlight that to the the agents, but it's also there to basically um, let them know the importance of why you're using a broker. Because if one bank's policy is tightened for a certain reason, uh, another bank may be still open. And so that ability for going back to that vendor experience of someone going to their own bank and maybe getting shut down and going, maybe this isn't an opportunity at all. Uh, whereas we're there to they could, could they could be that bias. So I think it, it's updating them on, on what's what's relevant and the changes in policy on and, and so forth. The other thing that's really important is case studies, right? So, um, Jim referred this client to me. Uh, this was the situation. They couldn't get finance through the bank. We were able to do this two days before the auction. We met them um, at auction. They brought the house and and a great result for everyone. So, those stories when you get them, then the agent stands up and goes yeah that, that's true I, I couldn't have done it without them that was really awesome and and they're all starting to go okay great I see that that value uh so it's a really good collaboration mm. um, from the team there I love that because you know when you talk about a policy there's not a lot of uh you know personality in talking about a policy oh they've changed this right but when you can put that person the the policy to and give it some personality through having it a story the story sells right the story is what sells and the 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 story is what engages them and obviously if they see that uh you're getting success for the other agents within the business then it's not long before they start you know talking to you about a, a lot of their clients as well i bet yeah yeah just uh you know they all just soon as a couple of agents are, are using us and, and and saying that the service is great another couple want to join in and and it's just a matter of just continuously catching up with them to educate them on the changes of where we can help and being innovative making sure that we're if there's any new ideas out there that they're ours and so forth beautiful beautiful what are some of the sort of nuances that you found with servicing uh real estate agents in particular like what how can brokers best service them right because quite often you know I, I quite often use the the analogy that real estate leads are a bit like ice right unless you're on to them quickly they they melt away um so yeah tell, tell us some of the ways that um our brokers can be successful in sort of really building these um real estate agent referral networks well, you're right. When you get the lead, it's important that you're contacting the client quickly, as well as that going back to the agent to say, hey, thanks for the lead, spoken to clients, and we're working with them. Uh, 
just to make sure that they know that you're, you're doing a good job. The key thing that I think with that question, Ross, is communication. And you've got to make sure your agent is, is updated with, you know, because they're very nervous at, at the start of who they're referring to. Are you going to be doing a good job? And you earn that respect. It takes a while. And, and, and then once you get it, you know, you're, you're, you're away. But uh, the communication to back to them, making sure that you are looking after them, they're looking good for the auction. You can't tell them, obviously, any of their financial position, uh, but you can let them know if they're going to be there or, or not. And so that's, um, that's pretty critical. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned that you, when you started out, you worked uh, on the open houses with them. Um, and how critical do you think in terms of building the relationship um, for the, the brokers to actually get out and do things like attending open houses and helping out with those open houses? So from my side of it, I wanted to grow my business as quickly and as possible. I, I just wanted to get it to the stage like it is now, you know, in, in five and a half years uh, to a rock solid business. I just threw everything in it in the first two years and it was hard, uh, but at those open homes, you have an opportunity to meet certain clients that you wouldn't have probably been referred from that agent. And you also get time to really get on with that agent during that open home. If it was a bit quieter, you'd actually spend more time with the agent and that rapport was built. So that was really critical too. Uh, the, the, the clients that you meet during those open homes, you're not going in there for the hard sell, you crack a joke, they warm to you, then you make a note of their name and you'd get the phone number and then you'd contact them on Monday and check in, uh, seeing whether they want any support on the mortgage side of things and, and start working with them from there. And so the database grew faster from attending those because you would maybe pick up three or four leads at an open home, do mm. two or three of those a, uh, a weekend. You know, that's, that's good going along with all the other stuff you're doing. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I can see how you quickly, you know, grow your database, grow your, your call lists. And, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, that in, in terms of growing the business. So, and you mentioned, you know, from a volume perspective, and I was really impressed by the numbers that you shared. So you said over the last sort of six months, you've been averaging about 33 million in settlements per month, which is which is massive, right? So congratulations on that. And obviously it's taken you um, a number of years to get there, but I can see why with, with what you're doing. So in terms of, you know, that's obviously how you've been successful in growing your business and, and uh, obtaining customers and leads. I want to talk a, a little bit more um around you know your philosophy around that sort of holistic service uh in terms of you know rather than you know treating client just as a transaction i want to dig into that a little bit and uh you know, just tell us what your philosophy around that is well, firstly it's to, to differentiate myself or the business from from a banking experience that a client would have and i really do refer to uh that word transaction when the bank is dealing with a client uh, to me, I, I refer to it as a long-term relationship because we're not only there to, to get them into the mortgage, we want to help them get out of the mortgage. So we want to work with them long-term to reduce debt, give them the ways, check in every 12 months, is the structure we put in place working? 
Do we need to recalibrate it a little bit and, and set it up for the next 12 months? That could be very different. As circumstances change, uh, people need to tweak their mortgage mortgages structure to suit their needs. And so we want to be there to, to help them along the way. Uh, as well as that, it's important that we build these relationships up around advice, not just around, yes, we'll get you the best interest rate, but that's not what you're coming to me for. You're coming to me for that advice period long term. And, and, and how do you do that? Because I think this is an important point, right? So how do you set up the conversation to say, hey, they're coming to me for an advice? It's not just about the transaction because I see a lot of brokers falling into that trap that they get all the information that they need and forget about the person on the other side and what their needs are. So tell me a little bit about your process in terms of how you make it more around the advice and less about the transaction. So there's, a, there's at least two appointments with the clients. The first one is, a, is around a, the fact find and understanding their needs and listening around what they're trying to, what, what they're trying to achieve. Then uh, from there, obviously, we take all that information. And now generally, uh, we would like to sit down with a client and go through a little bit of product knowledge. There's, there's two particular products. It's pretty, I think in Australia, there's a few more, but we obviously have that offset and a revolving credit product. I use those two products as kind of setting a financial goal for the clients. So I set the 12 month sort of game plan of, okay, we're, we're setting out to hopefully achieve this kind of debt reduction in the next 12 months due to your income, so forth. That then we sit down. So once it's all approved, the border property, I'll sit down and go through that structure in a lot more detail and, and, and really break into what's our potential to reduce debt. So that's the, that's the advice piece on right setting the financial goal so that in 12 months time, we're checking in and going, have you got some available funds to reduce your debt that was built up into those, in those products? Now, what's the next 12 months look like? Can we be more aggressive? Do we need to be less aggressive? So, you know, as well as that, they, they're coming to you to go, what's the interest market, interest rate market looking like for the next little while? And, 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 you know, making sure they come back to you as opposed to just going, cool, that rate looks good. I'll just click on, click and grab that. To me, that's not a game plan to paying your debt off. That's just mm. sort of grabbing a rate and, and moving on. Mm, exactly. So you focus on, you know, a lot on the debt reduction strategies in that, in, in that meeting. And is that, you know, annual meeting set up as sort of an expectation in the first meeting that you, that you have with them? Yeah, it is. And every couple or every person purchaser is, is very different in what, what they need. So at the moment, we've got a lot of uh, annual reviews, which, which we're doing virtually at the moment. Mm. Uh, we'll, I've got um, a couple of people on the team that will be working on those and then the advice piece coming in afterwards. So they'll get all the loan details updated, the rates and the drive. So when I'm talking to them, it's, it's uh, how we're getting on. Right. Did we get there? No. Cool. Right, next 12 months looks like then then putting that structure in place and away we go again. And is property investment a thing that you, you speak to about with your clients as well? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of clients that have that mentality of paying their mortgage off and being debt-free, which which I quite often will challenge their thinking on that. I think that's it's a great for, for people to have those goals, but 
to challenge them around what is what is the when they retire look like yes they can be mortgage free and they might have a little bit of you know they saved up a bit of cash and, and a superannuation but what happens if they were to leverage off that that equity early on put a structure in place where the rent paid the mortgage and over time they accumulated and and, and maybe had four or five properties by the time they get to retirement they might sell one clear, clear all debt and they might be left with three or four properties earning a passive income and, and a and a retirement that might be uh, better for them so we, yeah I do challenge clients around that not to say hey you, you got to go do this it's just have you thought about a different way of and, and what what does your retirement plan look like right now exactly and I think that's a, a great question in terms of what is your what is your retirement plan look like right now because a lot of brokers aren't asking that question right so they're not finding out they're not going you know peeling back the layers of the onion deep enough to get to well what is your plan right and and then that leads to those conversations you're talking about you know i was big on in my broken career worked with property investors i'm a property investor myself and you know it was something that i was passionate about because you can make a real difference in somebody's life and as you said there's a better way than just you know, paying your loan off for, for 20 or 30 years to, to reduce your debt to zero. You know, you look at the the um, the money that I'll make from my property portfolio with the growth over that, it probably could have paid off my home in one year rather than working for 20 years, right? So there's definitely smarter ways to to do it and to, to have those conversations about wealth creation and talking about retirement. So I love that. I love that. So then you um so that's the the conversation that's the annual review piece that's talking about you know the debt reduction the wealth creation and, and what their their sort of goals are other thing that uh you mentioned that that you're big at is okay if we're going to build something let's protect it so talk about those conversations that you have and how you have those conversations as well yeah, I think what you're alluding to there is the insurance to, to make sure our, our clients are protected, which we have a duty of care. I think every advisor has that duty of care to, you know, we're, we're putting them into a large level of debt. So uh, if we didn't have that chat or referred them on to a specialist to have that chat, are we doing the right job? So they could lose their job due to an illness 12 months after a mortgage and can't work for. 24 months how who, who's paying the mortgage so that chat is really important to, to have and we we go through that at the structure time we actually bring it up quite a lot during the first appointment then at the, the structure appointment where we're making sure that they're aware of the importance of it can you just and, give and, me an example because a lot of people that i speak to struggle in their sales process to sure. have this conversation can you um tell me how you bring it up in the conversation Cool, yeah. So uh, I'll go through the, the structure. We're talking about everything. We've covered everything off. It's one of the, the last things to cover off. They're in a pretty happy mood because they've, they've bought a house and, and you know, that's a, that's a pretty cool time. Uh, so we start with the house insurance, which is in compulsory. All the banks require house insurance. I'm sure it's probably the same over in Australia. Mm -hmm. And uh, that they have to have that. So we uh, give them the option of, would you like to call your company up? and 
potentially spend half an hour on the phone listening to music? Or would you like us to get someone to give you a call to give you a quote on some various options there to see if you've got some? And most people go, yep, yes, please, because they've got to do it. They'd rather someone ring them and give them some. some. So we have that, that service that, that's, I think, very valuable. And then once they've either said yes or no to that, then I say, cool. Now, the other insurance, which is just as important, um, is, is life insurance, income protection, mortgage protection. Now, this one is not compulsory, and you don't need to take it, but it is highly recommended. Uh, we have a duty of care. We're putting you into a large level of debt that, um, if you're not protecting yourself and something did happen, uh, what would you do? And, and, you know, some people that don't take that cover end up having to sell their house, rent, and it's pretty nasty. So I'm not, I, I don't put the big sell on them, but I do mm. explain the importance of it. Love and it. I'll go through products, how they work. And then, uh, you know, if they're saying, yeah, we should probably look at it. I say, look, even if you have the chat, then you can have you can make an educated decision on what's best for you and i can sleep at night but um so then we refer all our insurance out to a specialist to, to do that and they would then talk to the clients and take them through that stage they don't have to take it if they don't want to after that but they've gone through that stage of understanding and and, and we can tick that tick that off our list yeah beautiful i love that whole duty of care look i'm you know, I'm providing the vehicle to get you into this asset or investment, but with that becomes a certain risk. So it's in my duty of care to obviously protect you in terms of what you're doing. So great and uh, and a great way and a, and a simple conversation to have if you raise it sort of upfront and you actually have the conversation about it. I think why some people, you know, struggle to get clients protected is, they're scared of having that conversation up front or they're just focused on the transaction and not really focusing on that duty of care for the client. So I uh, love what you do there, Cameron. It's uh, it's great. And I think something uh, a lot of the brokers can sort of take away to, to have that conversation um, around insurance as well. So I'm interested in terms of your business. So it started with you and then, uh, you know, you now you mentioned you've got a team of, of nine people. Let's talk a bit about your, um, the people and some of the roles that they play within your business. Yeah, cool. So we, yeah, started as one and, and had to do everything and, and soon realized that uh, I, I invested into my business early. Ross, I, I found that getting people into my business regularly has contributed to the success of the business. So uh, when I got my, my first guy on board and his name's Cameron Muggeridge, my name's Cameron Markroft, so it's very confusing, but um, he's still with me and he's my right-hand man. He's, uh, he came on board. Then along the way, we've, we've grown uh, to a team of nine. So in that business, uh, we have uh, what I call the engine room, which will be myself and, and, and Cam, Janelle and Simon, and they are the, the loan assessors. Now they're uh, on their way to becoming advisors as well because mm. we need to grow the business. And then under them, we have another uh, four admin staff and they, their job is to work with those, those assessors um, or loan writers, plus the refixes, the pricing and so forth. And then I have a business manager who does everything in my business that's not related to mortgages. So 
whether that's uh, working with the Ray White networks, um, staff leave, staff contracts, uh, office, anything to do with that, that um, Karina would handle that on my behalf. So that allows us to focus in on, on what we do best. Beautiful. I, I love this. And it's, um, you know, it's something that, that we talk about often. And it's uh, someone that, that I definitely had in my mortgage business. But I think it's a role that a lot of uh, brokers miss, and they try to do it all themselves, right? They try to be that business manager, and look after the staff, do all the contracts, do the recruiting, you know, implement the, the business plan, as well as, you know, doing everything else. So how critical has that role been within your business and how long have you had that position in of the business manager? It's been awesome. And it was, I, I poached her from Loan Market um, Head Office, which um, was a bit of a coup for us to have someone like that in our business full time is, is a real luxury. But it is huge to be able to just stick to my skill set, which is obviously limited, and as mortgages, for her to be able to to, to handle everything outside that is, is, a, is allowing us to focus on so much more around our particular clients and service that we're having um, has, has built the business up a lot stronger. Karina's probably been on board about six months mm. or, or less. And that's, again, a very good move for the business. Yeah, definitely. And I think those people that are in that role where you've got you know, obviously you started with more your loan admin support with um, with Cameron and then um, then you've gone and obviously built out that team. So now you've got multiple sitting at sort of Cameron's level and then you've got the admin guys that obviously feed in to, to support those guys. And then once you're obviously your team's grown where you start having um, more and we found this, um, that's when that sort of, key person comes in and uh, there's a there's a great book called rocket fuel that talks about it and calls it an integrator and uh, i think you've got that sort of you know integrator role or a business manager in, in your business so i love it yeah absolutely and just on that ross i think what we we're quite big on in the business is making sure that everyone that's in there has got a quite a clear career path uh i'm quite driven for the guys slowly building up their their levels of expertise to to down the track being an advisor so uh, at this stage we're, we're bringing in people uh with with a little bit of bank experience and then training them up to the next role to the next role so that uh you know they can see a, a future in my business I, I i value my staff very highly i think i've got very very good staff and uh, the culture inside the business is, is another one of the strengths and that, um, that that pleases me more than the success of the numbers, you know, that, to see these guys um, wanting to, to work with us. Definitely. I love it. And obviously you've got good retention from, from what you're saying. So what is, you know, and again, it, it takes work because I know I've run businesses. What, what, what work does it take to really build that culture within your business? What, what are some of the things that, that, that you think are really key around sort of building that, that culture and people wanting to come to work? I think it's something that, I, I don't know how, how it was built. I mean, I, the environment that I like to work in is a pretty, uh, look, it, it's, it's 
it's it's pretty high stress, but it's also enjoyable. I, I, I like to have a laugh and and plenty of abuse flying around with each other and hassling each other and and humour and the, making sure the 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 fridge is stocked full of beer where they can help themselves whenever they want. You know, there's a plenty of respect there that they're not going to go and get off their face uh, early on in the morning. But what I want to do is them to have a pretty happy environment that they they enjoy coming to. They work really hard, so. Um, building that culture up has been really important we celebrate our successes so every month when we hit a personal best we're out to, we go to dinner together uh, we we want we want everyone to buy into you know to the success of the business and and hopefully they're enjoying it and and i think they do definitely so when you recruit and uh you know, finding good people is is a lot so around sort of how do you know that they're going to be a fit for for your culture the hard one i think recruitment is is very difficult and you know we've uh, we've used um, a recruiter who, who's who's done very well for us uh, we've also found people in the in that ray white business that wasn't you know enjoying the the real estate side who've come into the business and gone really strongly uh, the banks most of them have come from a, a banking experience and that's where you know that, that's where you're going to get the the knowledge of what we do but uh people the the we can train people to become what they do i think um getting the right fit for the team and, and making sure that they are just good people then then in the long run you, you're going to have a far better team uh, so yeah, it's a tough one, but we, we we've done really well at at a building. I think uh, a, an awesome team. Definitely. And in terms of um, how regularly do you guys catch up? Do you catch up daily, weekly? What's your sort of uh, communication rhythm within your team? At the moment, in lockdown, we're uh, we're catching up eight thirty each morning for our our team huddle. Uh, that's for half an hour just to check in, make sure everyone's you know, going okay, as well as that, just to go through my diary for the next two days and in my inbox. Uh, my team manage my inbox uh, as much as they can because I'm in back-to-back -back appointments. So it's just running through that, making sure there's anything in there that I need to jump on and planning for the day. Uh, outside of lockdown, we don't do that, but it's probably been quite an important piece of the puzzle i guess when we're in our open plan office we are talking a lot more about mm. what's going on so we're not what not needing to meet up as often but um yeah i think it's very important at the moment yeah definitely and how good is it not being in your own inbox that's amazing yeah <laughs> that, that, that slows you down hugely oh. so mm. if i'm in appointments all day uh, you just couldn't yeah clients need urgent they need to be acted on urgently. My, my team are uh, on the case straight away. I don't even know there'll be a, a request coming through uh, for something from a bank or whatever, and, and they are there to, to action it. And that yeah. then gives that service to our clients that, yes, I'm going to be in appointments, but you've got a real awesome team behind me that'll action stuff far quicker than I would. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, people spend on average, I think it's said about two and a half hours a day on emails. And, you know, again, like you said, if you're 
doing appointments and doing a number of appointments a day and spending two and a half hours a day on emails, it doesn't leave much time for anything else, right? So it's uh, it's no wonder that a lot of brokers feels like they're chasing their tail and they've still got their noses in their own inbox. I know, you know when I outsourced it and it was one of the best moves I made um, for sure to, you know, to get someone else to do it because, you know, most of the stuff, 95% of the stuff, doesn't need uh, your input, right? It's only a, a small portion that, that you would have to actually make the decision on and um, and, and respond to yourself. You did, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. All right, I love the conversation. I mean, there's so many gold nuggets around referrals, around the service that you're providing to the clients, around your sort of robust business and the the, the people in your team. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much. Before we go, I, I ask this, and I ask this of all my guests, in terms of <laughs> if you're looking um, at, you know, giving advice to somebody that's really looking at getting in the business and really, you know, charging and being in that sort of top 1% of brokers and scaling their business. What's one of the tips that you would give to them? What's your number one tip? Number one, uh, there's quite a few though. So I, I might try and answer that in a little yeah. bit more than that. Um, I'll try surround yourself with good people. Uh, so that, that, that means I'm answering that question in a better way, right? So yeah. surround the good people. That's that's your your referral sources, um, yeah. your mentor, and and making sure you're around the energy. You need energy to to drive these businesses. They're hard work and, and they beat you up sometimes. But to have that energy to keep driving to succeed is really important. So uh, that would be, I guess, one of a few mm. others that I probably want to answer. Definitely. And let's just go dig in on that, the energy bit in terms of, you know, I find energy comes from having like a vision, right? And so do you have a clear vision that you sort of get that energy? Because yes, it is a tough business. You're going to get knocked down, but you've got to have your eye on the prize. So just interested to hear, do you have that sort of long-term vision in terms of what you're looking to create? I do. And it's quite funny when I think back when I did my first business plan, when I was about to kick off and it, and it had goals, right? And, and you sort of write down these goals like, oh, I want to be number one in New Zealand for loan market. And, and, and you go, it's unlikely, but I'll chuck it down there. And, and then there's, there's a five-year goal of um, being number one in, in, in Australasia. Again, not in my wildest dreams did I think I would achieve that yet. Um, I, I put it down because I just didn't know what else I, I could put. Mm. Uh, looking back, every year the business has evolved, those goals you sort of look at and go, actually, I really want to achieve that now. And uh, so I, I think the business has grown so rapidly, like for five and a half years, it, it's gone so rapidly that every time we do set our goals for the next 12 months, we, we, we smash them. Um, which has been pretty cool. It can't go on like that. Obviously, it's got to start to slow down and, and we've just got to keep building up in different ways to grow um, a more successful business. So yeah, the, the goals have changed regularly, but um, some of the ones I said at the start have been achieved, which I'm very pleased about. Yeah, congratulations. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, I love that you keep looking and, and smashing the goal, but then you keep resetting and, and looking. And I, I 
you know, quite often explain it's like climbing a mountain. Once you get to the peak of that mountain, you can see where the next mountain and the next peak that you need to go. So we all need to um, keep resetting. So uh, great pearls of wisdom. Uh, thanks, Cameron. It's been a pleasure uh, to have you on the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. So if you, like Cameron, um, you know, want to be in, in the top and, and that sort of top 1% and you're looking to raise your game, uh, there's a couple of ways that you sort of can interact. One, subscribe to this podcast. It's a great free resource that you can uh, subscribe to on wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, join us on the Billion Dollar Broker Facebook page. Uh, share lots of resources and insights. In that, just request to join. It's a private group. Or thirdly, get in touch and uh, make an appointment and see how you can work with us in one of our programs or privately. Uh, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.